Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right. Still the biggest story here. A lot to get to. Um, as uh, yesterday, as uh, as we were leaving, Cal McNair, Nick Casario spoke. This is what Cal McNair had to say about his confidence in his general manager, Nick Casario. I have full confidence in Nick. He has led our football operation through a difficult stretch and continues to prove he's an elite talent evaluator. We talk constantly and have a plan for this process that we will execute together over the next days and weeks. All right, that's uh, that's Cal. He's got full confidence in him as the talent evaluator. Really? I believe in Nick Casario. I know that that jumped out to you right there. That part right there where he specifically uh, yeah. said as a talent evaluator. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that it's coincidence. I, I don't I don't think that um you know, I know if I were the GM of a football team, I, I, I would I would want to be referred to as as more than an elite Italian talent evaluator. <laughs> um I, I look I, I may, maybe that was a way of of just um Reiterating your confidence in his ability to evaluate talent after this year's draft picks didn't really did the top two draft picks didn't didn't pan out the way that you thought they would pan out or uh, I, I think it's more of of a of a, a uh, he specifically is here because he is a great evaluate evaluator of talent now I'm going to help him through this process of hiring a head coach and and, and that's t- to me I, I just. It's hard for me to believe that the owner of a football team took time to, to literally write out a, a statement uh, and and specifically said he is an elite talent, evalu- talent evaluator for his GM. And because I mean, you, you listen to it, um, Nick and 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 everybody else that that speaks. I mean, they'll tell you that there is a long laundry list of things that your general manager needs to do: um, it, leading men, managing people, um, on and off the field. Obviously, dealing with the draft is a big part of it. The salary cap is is a big part of it. Um, there's there's a lot more to it than just evaluating talent. So that definitely jumped out and, to me. Yeah, and listen, he said he has full confidence, but this is a report from Josina Anderson, who is very very locked in with, it, with NFL circles. She was one who reported a lot on the Deshaun Watson stuff, in which she was correct on a lot of. She said, I'm told there is still uncertainty surrounding the current front office situation with the Houston Texans, to put it respectfully. While the, the current structure assists ownership in navigating this offseason for the time being, it is tenuous at best. Tenuous at best. And if you listen to the press conference yesterday, to me, Nick Casario sounded a lot different. And um, Sunday, when they released a joint statement, I would be surprised by this. But after hearing them talk, this report from Josina Anderson doesn't surprise me at all. Cal McNair may have said he had full confidence in Nick Casario, but I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Casario's job isn't isn't even more on the line than we believe. Yeah, look, I, I don't. I, again, I don't think that Josina Anderson is 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 one that just just dream something up out of nowhere. Now it may not be spot on once the truth comes out or if, if it once the dust settles, but I believe where there's smoke, there's fire. And, and there's, there's probably some truth to the uncertainty uh, surrounding the current front office in Houston. And I'll be honest with you. I think there should be uh, again. I'm not, I'm not here calling for, for Nick Casario's job. Hell Nick said it yesterday 
in all of his comments. Eight Nick times. Nick said he's disappointed in himself. So how in the hell is everybody that that all the Casario fans out there just gung ho on on how confident they are moving forward in him making all the decisions? Nick himself said he's he's disappointed and hadn't done a, a good enough job. And now Josina Anderson's coming out and and basically saying, "Hey, look, it ain't real. It ain't real steady." Uh, in the front office for the Houston Texans, and like I said, I, look, I, I think, I think it's a a uh, a good idea, given what we've watched from a product perspective uh, on the field, given what we've watched from hiring and firing two coaches, regardless of what you think of them, they they've hired and fired, they have botched a a bridge the gap situation. Twice you had two to three years to bridge the gap, and I'm not, I wouldn't, I wasn't even mad that you were going to bridge the gap, coach. I didn't like it, but I, but I've seen it done before. Hell, I was part of one with Dave Campo. In Dallas, I completely understand where you're coming from, but but you've absolutely botched it. You botched two different processes in getting to your bridge the gap coach two different times, and and that that just cannot be ignored. I, I tell you, you read the Josina Anderson uh, tweet. There was one that followed that too. Show that I think is it needs to be needs to be read needs to be read along with that. Josina Anderson says, meanwhile. I think it is interesting when some of these coaching candidates speak to ownership direct and outside of the whole interview structure. Smart. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll uh, we'll have more on that throughout the show coming up, but uh, it, it's not a done deal that nope. he is going to be the guy selecting the next coach. Big three and three, number two. All right, Clint, the Georgia Bulldogs beat the brakes off of TCU. Um Something we didn't see coming, but uh, 65-7, to uh, and yes, you were, of course, wrong in your prediction, but I don't even want to get into that. There were a couple of players in there that I know Texans fans were watching uh, that had very, very different nights. One for Georgia, one for TCU. Let's start with the good. Georgia's defensive tackle, many people believe the best defensive player in the draft, Jalen Carter, Clint, he was dominant. Last night, we've already seen people from the trailer wheel and frame text line coming in with, is he good enough to take it to? Hell yeah, he's good enough to take it to. And Clint, last night, he looked real good. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, that, that's a that's a player that I think is is a very possible get it to. Um, whether, whether Nick Casario and Cal McNair decide they don't want a quarterback in this year's draft, they're going to go a different route. Jalen Carter could be the guy too. Will Anderson could be the guy too. I believe the way the game's played, uh, today, a dominant force inside, a defensive tackle that can that can pressure the quarterback from inside, that can that can really make it hard to run the football between the tackles. Clint, you've said think, if they if they just got a guy like that, that would change change the game significantly. Their their run defense, not not everything, but that would change their. Well, run it, defense. it changes the game significantly, and and it cha- their run defense significantly. I mean, now your linebackers have room to roam. They don't they don't have a lineman in their face immediately. Now you've got a guy that's pushing the pocket from inside. You don't have to add pressure with a fifth or sixth rusher to 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 get to get home or to even make the quarterback uncomfortable. So yeah, it, it absolutely changes the game for for the Texans. So hell yeah, he's a guy that could potentially um, be be taken. And for TCU, a lot of people looking at that pick twelve that the Texans have for yep. the Browns, Quentin Johnston, who's thought have right now to be the number one receiver off the board, <clears throat> one catch three yards and he was going up against a good defense and the pass rush had a lot to do with it. Jalen Carter had a lot to do with it, but we thought there was a potential that hell 12, he may not be there off of a performance last night. And I'm sure that won't be the end all be all, but that was, that was disappointing for him 
uh, last night. One catch, three yards. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna tell you what, he'd have hit his head on a damn goalpost if uh, yeah. if Max Duggan would have hit him on that post over the middle versus that cover two, that that hybrid cover two Tampa look where he ended up throwing the interception. It would have been absolutely beautiful. But he was um, yeah, you know, it was an opportunity for him to go out there and I think solidify himself as the best receiver in this draft. It didn't happen. The opportunities were few and far between, and and and. Um, it was a missed opportunity. I still think he's he's going to end up being yeah. the best guy coming that, out. Yeah, six four two twenty that can go like that. It's going to be hard to depends on what he runs. Obviously, in the forty, unfortunately, it is part of the, the process. Um, boy, if, if if he blows the doors off of a four four and and at that size, that was yeah, the, folks can go nuts. That was the most shocking thing because in the SEC championship game, LSU threw for five hundred yards and their guys were going, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. They were very fortunate. I don't think they're playing in the game if Marvin Harrison Jr. does not get put in concussion protocol. And he he gave a, the business. I was that's probably the most shocking thing that Quentin Johnston couldn't get going. Yeah, I agree. For three yards when we look at at what other receivers have done to uh, to that to that Georgia defense. Yeah, I, I'll be anxious to see the all twenty two man because it, it it looked like Max Duggan and that air raid offense, um, that high octane air raid offense was just they weren't he wasn't seeing things clearly. They weren't able to get dialed in on what exactly they wanted to do, how they wanted to attack Georgia's defense. And when if you've got the, the least bit of hesitation against Georgia, uh, and, and and when you're TCU, a team that physically just doesn't match up as well, then then you're gonna have problems. And that's what Georgia was able to do. Yeah, yeah, uh, interesting. Interesting performance last night. A shocking performance from TCU as they get just drilled by Georgia. But got to see some guys that could be Texans coming up down the line. Big three and three. Number three. All right, Clint. Um, you know Jerry Jones pretty well. Uh, and uh, he made a statement today on our sister station, 105.3 The Fan, uh, about Mike McCarthy's job status. And listen to this to this cut. He was asked about their playoff game against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and if that would have any uh, any decision making on what he will do with Mike McCarthy after the year. Could anything happen in this playoff game Monday that could put Mike McCarthy's job status in question for next year? No, just uh, I don't even want to. Uh, no. Uh, that's it. I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. It isn't on my schedule. Come on, Clint. If they lose. Well, well, I mean, if I heard him right, all he did was say that he just, that there's nothing can happen in this ball game that's going to. Now, if they lose, I think his ass is up out of here. Yeah, I mean, it, like. I don't have time to have a bad time. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, if they I, if they win, I think I think Mike's got a chance to to stay. Oh, if they win, I think Michael stays. Yeah, if they lose, he's out. Is that, and Sean Payton will be the head coach yes. of the Dallas Cowboys by yes. by Monday. So by definition, hell yes, Jerry. This game yeah. has something to do with yeah, Mike yeah, McCarthy. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got hell you. Yeah, if 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 he loses this game, Mike McCarthy's not returning. Like it, 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 it straight up. Especially Zero as you chance. Said, with Sean Payton out there, offensive-minded head coach. They told you before the season he needs playoff wins and he's not accepting anything less. Your quarterback, the wheels have come off. 15 interceptions in 12 ball games. You just got embarrassed versus the commanders. 
Uh, you, you did. You didn't. It, by the way, you didn't know that Philly wasn't gonna wasn't gonna lose that ball game. So you still were playing for something game. in that ball game too. By the way, um, so yeah, I, I think I think Jerry's embarrassed. I think he's in a bad spot. I think he knows now he's got to go. He's got to go play the goat, um, and and a, and a team that that can can light you up in a heartbeat. A defense that uh, is better than the numbers will tell you that they are. And um, if Tampa decides they want to show up and play football, and it, it, it could it could get ugly there as well. Yeah, Jerry. We, Jerry yeah, there ain't no doubt. Mike yeah, McCarthy, he's he's coaching for his job this this uh, weekend. Clint, I, Clint, I think he's got to win too. You're probably right. I, I'm like, with I, Sean Payton staring at the staring over his Sean, shoulder. That, yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you talk about who is there and who is available, there it was glory hole. I, like I, I don't think I don't like what who would they be scheduled to play if the Vikings won. They'd have to play the Eagles, right? Like, I think he would have to. I think he would have to go in and beat the Eagles as well. I think he has to at least get to the NFC Championship game to keep his job, in my opinion. I, I like divisional round. I don't know. I don't think it's if he if he beats Tampa, good to go. Right? No, man. If, if maybe Sean Payton wasn't out there, maybe having to deal with with, with Dan Quinn that could take over. That's one thing. Agreed. But Sean Payton there. No, nah, man, because Jerry has to be looking at this thing. I don't know he got to get to the Super Bowl, but I, I think it probably be best for him <laughs> because still, like, Jerry's not afraid to make that move at all with Sean Payton. I know this. I know I feel like offensively they are going to have to play much, much better over the next four ball games. And that's assuming they get to a damn Super Bowl. They're, they're going to offensively, they are going to have, like you said, I think they got to win definitely one, maybe even two. And they better do it playing impressive football on the offensive side of the football. Because their last Jerry, game was just well, Jerry just paid paid Dak. I mean, Jerry is because the heat's going to get turned up on Jerry if this offense doesn't perform well. Even though they scored thirty some odd points a game and yada yada yada, they're still producing. And they won. What did they win? Thirteen games, twelve games. Um, yeah, twelve. You know, it's going. It's going. It's going. The blowback's going to be on Jerry for not not re-signing Amari Cooper and not doing anything offensively, not giving him enough weapons and. Jerry ain't gonna live. Jerry's not gonna hear all that. I, I, I think Mike's coaching for his job. Absolutely. 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 And you think Mike's gonna get fired because you pick a Tampa? Yes, I think Mike's fired. I think I think Sean is the coach there, so he's off the radar of all these other teams. I, I'm gonna make my decision by Thursday if I'm gonna make this bet. With you. Well, you don't you don't want to take a, a what, what's that line, Tyler? I'm, I'm I'm assuming the Cowboys are the favorite. I think I think three. I think that's what it was. I think the Cowboys. I mean, it's, look, I know they're the favorite because you only favorite. bet favorites. That's like, not. You only bet favorites with buddies not, straight up. Like you that's only. That's not true. Yeah. Kansas wasn't the favorite. I do owe you. Uh, well, you you did that 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 had you got. I heard you got you got uh, yeah, pushed Wade, into that. Yeah, I heard my, my boy Wade made me a hundred dollars. Cowboys are two and a half point favorites oh, right yeah, now. That's definitely yeah. on the road. Yeah, show's gonna take that guy get, getting two and a half. Oh yeah. I ain't gonna lie, Mike Evans kind of scared, scared me a little bit there at the end of the season. Uh, it scared me a little bit there. These I got, I got to hunt it. All right, uh, coming up, boy, Brandon Scott really stepped in it, and I think he's going to really annoy some Houston fans. He had a he had a take that I think we have got to at least talk over. Um, I'll probably end up getting crushed by this on this, but I, he had a hell of a take that we got to discuss. We'll discuss that coming up. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hubley. Oh, baby, The Drive is here. 
Did you uh, y'all see uh, Brandon Scott out here trying to piss folks off? What skis he do? I didn't Skeezy. see. Skeezy. <laughs> what he do? Oh God, man! What about the other day when we walked out of the building and I hit that old boy on the side? I said, "Ski!" <laughs> oh, somebody, oh, somebody was smoking yeah, a cigarette dog. over here, uh, you know, yeah. on, the, on the top of the deck here on the little smoking section. I said, "Ski!" It wasn't him. Nah, it wasn't. Not, not a chance. That old boy looked up and was like, "I don't." I'm, and and Clint, I promise you, I'm not sure if it was a, it was a gentleman. <laughs> I think that was a, a a young lady, long jet black hair. It was a tall, thin. Black person with 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 this person with locks. It, I mean, the hair and everything. I don't think that person was black. I think you were way up. That's why I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you don't think that person? What? Oh, no, Clint was man. hanging out it with Caller Phil. It, it, it was, it, listen, it was a little dark, and we, there were lights up there. No, that person. No. Oh no, they were definitely man, no question. Man, no. I, I'll, I'll let you get. We were far enough away where it may and and, and B, B Scott's hair's long enough to where I like. I, I'll say it, it could have been a female. But I, I I know I know that was not, I mean, that was definitely a, a, a black person. I don't think it was, man. Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. That's why I said, "What are you?" T-? I said, "That ain't skeezy." Because I stopped. <laughs> he showed I stopped he said and that. walked he back. Said, I walked. That ain't skeezy. I, said, I walked. Yeah, it is. I walked over. I I gave him seven steps to get closer. I said, "Oh, Lord, let me spin around here and turn around." <laughs> show said. <laughs> show said, "Brandon." That that did. That's a Brandon. They never looked up. No, it ain't skeezy. No. Oops. No, but, uh, Somebody got that old skeezy call, though. They did, uh, and just kept on going about their business. <laughs> I know that fool ain't talking to us. Uh, but he said this. Houston is a great city, but not a great sports city at all. Football, baseball, or basketball. It's a bandwagon sports city because there are enough other fun stuff to do here to occupy our time. Bury me in the H. If the teams are good, Locals will support. If not, they check out. Ooh, skeezy. Man. You the, I mean, I'm sure there are people oh out here God. who believe I said that. I might I might disagree you with just, you. I was gonna say, is it, like, is I, he, I feel like that's a, a I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you two hit it first. Well, I feel like that's a real strong Rockets take. Mm. I think that may be very, very accurate with the, the Rockets in particular. Um I I, I just yeah, I I just I just I disagree. I, I I think I think the Texans like this, like I I don't think they'd be check fans would be so quick to check out if it wasn't just year after year of just absolute dysfunction. Yeah, and, and they did bandwagon, a lot of years. bandwagon. That's that's a that's a hit to the gut. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Texans fans kept going in our Jeep and through like we can't sit here and act like the Texans have ever been that great of an organization and they were selling out seats every single year until. Would it would it be fair? Would it be fair to say that football is different, maybe than the others? Like football wise, yeah. But like, is this is to, this is to this a degree, more of a yes. fit with the Rockets and the Astros? Maybe what he's talking about because you said Rockets well, take with the I'll Astros. Well, I'll be honest. You look at B. Scott's career. I mean, he has covered the, the organization. He's covered them all. I mean, yeah. But I mean, here's the deal: the Astros were at an all time an all time low. I mean, literally when the word tank comes up the Astros are the poster child and then right now when you look at the word dysfunction relative to the NFL the Texans are the poster child I don't know have the Rockets in in B Scott's um adult years have the Rockets had a had like just a other than what they're going through right now obviously post post James Harden 
Um, Probably before James, it wasn't like. And, and I, I think the Rockets are still though in, in a in a rebuild. Is it going to work? It's not like the what the other two organizations did. Hell, it, it's it was it's hard for anybody to even to even justify buying a ball cap, much less going to yeah. a game. Gus and Katie, I've been here for a fan over twenty years. For every Houston team, B. Scott can suck it, bum ass. Gus and Katie. <laughs> I just always come in with that fight. But I want you to think about it overall, right? Like, I feel like it's not fair for me to jump in because I've been here all of three years, uh, almost. And I, 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 I don't know if it's fair for me to jump in. I think the Texans is something, right? I, I think that's a good point that Tyler brought up is they were selling out NRG, like, the Texans ain't, I mean, hell, they ain't never been to an AFC championship game. Exactly. And they were selling out this thing. And the Oilers were were really, really huge here uh, in the Astrodome that Tyler wants to tear down. I, like, I, I remember, like, I, I know that. I, from just an outsider, I would say, like, an outsider that's now living here, to me, I would put Houston more in the space of, like, Miami and Atlanta and LA as sports fans than New York, Chicago, Philly, Boston. Like I, I like those places I think the sports fans are are different. Like they got twenty seven thousand Larry and Staffords. They got fifty thousand Tylers. Oh, damn. Uh, so- here, I don't. I, I. I don't. I wonder how if it's to that point, to a point that he's, that he's made of, which is so much <sighs> stuff to do around. I, it, 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 I don't know if it's so much like fair, like because he framed it as like kind of like Houston sports fans are like fair weather fans. Am I am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon. They jump on right. When okay. When they're good and when they're bad, they're they're out. So I would. I don't think bandwagon fandom is as much prevalent in Houston as it is the fans lack a, a certain amount of passion. And you've heard me talk mm. about this before. It it, it drives me crazy sometimes. Like, I think the, the fans in this city sometimes need to demand more from these organizations, and they don't do so. Maybe a well, little more lately I mean, with the Texans. Well, let's let's be honest, though. You, you, you would fit better from a fan perspective in Philly or Chicago or – Yeah, Clint uh, – yeah, yeah, Clint. Tyler like, is in like that you, range. Like, you're, you're – like, you're – those people live different. They fan completely different. Like – that's fair. I mean, you're 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 because your crew is extremely passionate about all the teams. Yeah, but we like we'll watch the Texans and we'll sit around and and, and mf everybody and talk about how bad it is. But we're not going to throw stuff against the wall and 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 not buy tickets if we get a chance to go to a game and 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 you know what I mean, like burn all of our our Texans gear in the backyard. I mean, we're not going to do that. That's something Tyler would do. Right, I mean that. So, so I like that. Kick it over. I haven't started like, any fires. Like, I mean, he hadn't burned anything yet. But that's only because there's been a, a burn ban in his county. <laughs> Definitely thrown only, a few things. Right, but right. I, but I, is this fair, Clint? There's a lot of people, and I think this hurts. And this is to me like the cities I named: Miami, LA, and in, in Atlanta. There are a lot of people here like me that are transplants that that decide, like wanted to move to Houston because they wanted to. But there are a lot of people. Yeah. Who aren't born and raised here and, and, and all those cities, right? It, it, with all those cities, that yeah. that's kind of different. That kind of creates creates that. Like, yeah. so I, I and I think that's that that may be more of it. And that bandwagon, I saw that. I said, oh man, we've got. 
Yeah, that's I mean, interesting. I mean, like I, the, my only in. my only pushback on B Scott is like the, the are the low times is the bandwagon quote unquote bandwagon is that based heavily on like what's going on with the Texans right now and what was going on with the Astros when they were losing 100 games a season? Because yeah. to me those are like ultra extreme situations of yeah. of when they when teams were tanking like literally league wide people people are aware of and 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 we're we're pissed off at, at how bad they were doing it so that that's you know I, I don't know it's hard for me to base that's a that bandwagon is is tough when those two scenarios are so yeah, heavily and, and, weighted. and I don't think bandwagon is just always just showing up like you could still be care and be passionate and, and give a rip about about them but I don't know boys but trailer will and frame text line like see this is like I'm passing the message. Now people are now people are pulling this like I said. <laughs> Show we ain't fair weather or bandwagon fans. Rocky from Dayton. I, hey, listen, I'm just You're on the east side now. Be careful. <laughs> Tread just, lightly there, Show. Just, Tread lightly, Chief. I'm just like for me, I, I like me, I can't I can't blame you if you don't want to go out to NRG for this. Oh, I, not me you know either. I mean? But it don't mean you ain't at, at the crib watching it. But I, I would be I would be the one that like if they were losing even if they're getting their ass kicked, like they are, if if the product was out there, I'd, I'd be encouraging the hell out of, hey man, y'all got to go check this. Be, I'm well, telling, you, it's coming. You'd be rocking. It's coming. Gear. You don't want to miss when when you don't want to miss when this thing pops. Like it, that's not the case. There, there is, uh, like I said before, right now when you're looking at the Texans, and I got to believe when the Astros were tanking, there there was a two three year span there where boy all hope was lost. It was hard to watch them every night when you got 162. Yeah. With the Texans, it's hard to care about what the hell's going on right now. The, the hope when is when you're two and nine, oh, and you're two and shoot. ten. I mean, these are some extreme times, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think bandwagon is strong. I would say I think bandwagon is strong, but I don't think it's on that level of yeah. Of, I agree. Of New York and, and Boston. When's the last time you boys went to the dentist? That's something I really, I really. So I got one. I got Clean. one. I got one partner that eats like a twelve-year-old, and I got a, I got my other co-host that they, his dentist habits are kind of like like a like a I've been doing my own dental work. Like no, you hadn't. You, that's not that's not an excuse enough. Well, I, I mean this back tooth back here. Yeah, I've I've broken I've broken it. I mean, just go to the dentist, man. You're an adult, man. Courtney is really gets upset. And she should. Absolutely. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you how long it's been. Well, has it been over a year? No question. You ain't done it since you you ain't done it since you've been in Houston. You don't you don't have a dentist in Houston. You've been here three years. No, I don't. I'll be damned. <laughs> I'll be damned. Hey, I went to the dentist today to tell y'all a little something. I don't know why, but this always makes me feel good. I lay down in the seat. First of all, my the my the, the hygienist in Baytown, the hygienist, third ward right here, drives in every day. Mm-hmm. Um she says she did a great job with my teeth, by the way. Phenomenal job. And uh she says at one point she says, so, you whiten your teeth, huh? I said, I ain't, I ain't whiten my teeth since those little strips first came out, and it was like a new invention. I, I put, put them on a couple of times. I said, I ain't whiten my teeth since. In other words, your boy got nice teeth. And then she about, about, about 10 minutes later, she's working. She said, so, when'd you, when'd you have, how young were you when you had braces? I ain't had no had braces. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I said, oh, by the way, let me, let me hit you with that old hat trick. Your boy ain't never had a cavity. Boom. Let's get up out of here. You ain't never had a cavity. I don't believe you. All right, coming up, Brooks Cabina. Oh, Tyler, you've never had one either. You all are liars. Never had a cavity, sir. Not have had a few of them. Brooks Cabina coming up. <laughs> we'll get his thoughts. He was there listening to Nick Casario and Cal McNair. Does he feel 
A lot has changed with this organization. That's coming up next with our Texans insider, Brooks Cabina. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. People are really scaring me um, on the uh, trailer will and frame text line. Um, wow, tooth decay plus being a black man and a former heavy person, that's a bad formula show. Well, throw in a little smacking, like some some excessive loud smacking. And, and wang, 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 wang. Oh, was I not supposed to make a joke of that? Of that? The wet you mouth. Might need to. You read I it. I feel like I should. I feel like I should. I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that we tie overweight to. Uh, to I didn't know. To I didn't bad, know. I have to look to that bad up. dental <laughs> dental bad. hygiene. I've had this problem tooth in the back here for a couple of years. The now. wet mouth. Sometimes I've. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's one thing to not go to the dentist just because you haven't went to get a cleaning. It's another thing to have a problem that you're actually working on yourself and, and decide for two plus years, got three plus years to not go. But there was one. I finally got that tooth full. I had it. I had. I could only afford it to start the root canal. And then I, I, thought I think I was, you're scared of. I it. thought I was going to go back to get it finished, and I never did. So ultimately, it turned gold on me, and I just had to get it full. Anyway, uh, our uh, our uh, our Texans insider Brooks Cabin. Hey, I'm just laying it out for you, Brooke. Do, do you eat like an adult? Sure. Do you do you go to the dentist and go to the doctor when you're supposed to? I went to, to the dentist a couple weeks ago. I know there it's you something go. I need to get. Come it's, on, it's your be, It's good to be in the studio with. with no, I got insurance. I mean, I, I work with two. I, I work with two kids. grown men that have some 12 year old tendencies. Apparently, I've never oh, missed okay. a dentist appointment, and I've never had a cavity. How many meals have you eaten today? <laughs> I haven't gotten there. How many monster drinks have you had a day? Uh, about half of one. Okay. How many five-hour energies have you had? Zero. Red Bulls? Zero. So you're no wonder you're dragging. You've had nothing to eat and half I, of what? a monster. I ain't, who's dragging? You kind of are. I don't need to talk to Brooks before I get on this man's ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the in-between. We are, we are I mean, three I mean, minutes into Brooks. I would, I would I mean, talk Brooks, to each other. I'm sorry, Brooks. Okay. I mean, Joy Taylor responds to him one time, and now he is just yes, filling himself. All right, Brooks, you was in the building yesterday mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Nick Casario and, and Cal McNair. For us, Nick Casario sounded completely different. Sounded like somebody who was on notice. And quite frankly, for me, I felt as as if I'm not so certain that my man's going to survive through this process, let alone like it, it. like his job is not safe, not even just for the year. That's how it came off to me. Uh, well, he's definitely humbled, but I wouldn't go far to say that he would be gone before the draft. I mean, you got a guy that's personnel. They have full confidence in him doing that. The only thing is, is his head coaching hires, which we talked about last week, have been definitely suspect, and that's why Cal McNair is uh, going to be more part of this. I think I think that's huge. That, that was huge news to me. It floored me, really, because you think about how the McNair family, even dating back to Bob, has been very – Hands off, let hire the guys, let them do what they do. But, I mean, the last couple of hiring cycles and what they led to, I mean, it makes all all sense that, you know, Cal McNair, who's received a lot of heavy criticism in the city, um, when there's things like um, the past couple of years where by being hands off, that allows things like Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby and situations where, like, DeAndre Hopkins is going to get traded. There's a situation where an owner has to come in and be like, no, you're not going to do that. Or, in a situation last couple of years, leads up to saying, oh, you're going to hire Josh McCown. Well, you know, that's another situation where you look back and they look at the last couple of searches and they have been Nick Casario ran 
Mm. I will say again that Jack Easterby's um, influence on McCown there can't be ignored. Um, but now you look at the number of uh, candidates that they've sent in already and the kind of names that are there. Um, you can see McNair's influence on that. Talk mm. to him after uh, that press conference there. And on our conversation, the story in the Houston Chronicle right now, you can see his influence on this. He worked with Nick Casario to put down a list that they sent to the New York office yet on, on Monday. And uh, we'll see how many of these head coaches uh, will uh, will listen and uh, who, who, who will be part of the process long-term. Because um, – Mm. And Nick Casario now knows too that they have to get it right. And I, if it's if it's not showing progress on the field this year, yeah, this definitely spells out. And Mc, and uh, Nick Casario said it himself: the clock is ticking. So um, the other part of this that's kind of unsaid: there is a lot of interest, uh, interesting things about this job right now. I mean, they've got uh, there there was someone on uh, the doing some analytics based look at teams and what they have in assets in the offseason with pro football focus and I mean when you combine all the draft picks the resources the uh, the free agent spending that they're about to do it's it's up there but when you have situations like the Panthers where they've got a winning record in a top 10 pick the Cardinals job just came up and they've got the number three pick and a quarterback if you like Kyler Murray there are jobs there that people have other choices to make and the instability of the last couple of years, the Texans are going to have to sit in interviews where they're going to be interviewed too yep. and say, okay, how much um, how much stability does Nick Casario have because if I jump on board and then we don't do well after one year, are we both gone? So that also seems to be a factor in this. So while there's a lot of opportunity, they have, they're, they're going to spend a bunch. They've got two first-round picks again. Um, we'll see what, what happens here, but – uh, all of that was very intri- interesting yesterday. It's very compelling considering um, the way the leadership is, uh, is has stepped in and has changed, and uh, based on uh, what they've their management philosophy philosophy has been over the past few years. Brooks, let me let me let me see if I can re- read through some of some of what all you just said. Like at the end of the day, you know, Nick Casario. I, we've been under the impression, and and I'm hoping this is the case that Cal McNair has somewhat put his foot down and said, "Hey, man, like your your seat's hot. You you got to yeah. get this thing right." And I think that's justifiably so. What I'm hearing you say, I really hadn't thought about it from this perspective, but I think what I heard you heard you say, at least one of the things you say, is that that I mean, there's a chance that he's just. I mean, he's pretty embarrassed of what's gone on here over the last two years relative to, well, really anything. But if we're talking specifically about the coaching searches and the and the coaching hires. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's been humbled, you know, pretty significantly over the last couple of years by by publicly failing with these last two hires. Yeah, I mean, you look at the stadium itself; how they're getting un- outnumbered by visiting fans, and yeah. how the Routinely, product, yeah. and and how they lo- how they lose games, and how the consistent problems have come out. When I mean, we talked about these every week, like the defensive run game issues were the same. The offense was worse than 2021, um, and and all of that comes down to what you have available on the field. Now there's the other conversation, right? So Nick Casario did the overhaul. What were the actual expectations for the coaches in that environment where you have the the personnel of a rebuilding franchise? But there was enough through this year where you could see the consistent issues of the defense from how it was last year, how they were playing offense, and that had to do with building the staff and Lovey Smith was the one – who advocated for Pep Hamilton, that all kind of comes together. So 
um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely disappointment over the last couple of years, and um, and and there's not much confidence that Nick Casario alone doing this on his own that it'll be the same again. So, um, or or improve, I should say. So, the other part of this too that I think is interesting that Nick Casario himself has admitted his own how he was not really accessing other people in the building. I mean, it's really interesting from the beginning how much autonomy he was given. I mean, this, this is all him. I mean, this was what what do you mean? Like when you said like the decisions that have been like the major decisions like he was given the ability to make all of it. Well, this you, was all of it. I mean, he 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 came in and he was with the head coaching hires. I'm I'm saying like okay, you come yeah. in and you have the personnel, you you have full autonomy which most general managers yeah. do, right? So, um but with the head coaching hires and such like that, those are things that he was leading. And Jack Easterby was leading in some ways, too, and pushing in names like Josh McCown. And you end up in situations like that. And Cal McNair was involved in the final interviews and and such. But, like, he had – it was Nick Casario's job to run and in, in, in how, how to build the team, how to put a t- together a staff. Those were things that, in his wealth of knowledge from – the Patriots situation and how he'd been a part there for 20 years. I mean, Casario was a widely wanted executive Mm -hmm. and that the Texans tried three times, even whenever Easterby wasn't in the building to try and get him. Um, Then he was, he had some leverage to try and uh, say, okay, I can, I can fix this. I know how to fix this. And that's why it's interesting to me how he talked yesterday about like, okay, I took on too much. I didn't listen to that many people in the building. We have all these other, um, other other things available to me, the voices, the resources, yeah. resources, and everything else, including Cal McNair. Um, and he knows that he he messed up, mm-hmm. so he knows that uh, this is his best opportunity. All the things that he built toward, um, you know, blowing up all the bad contracts, the dead money that led the NFL this year, all that's opening up. This is a prime opportunity. He knows, and he knows that the head coaching searches the last couple of years didn't go well. And this is the one that needs to get right, and he's accepting that. Um, well, has to um, that that uh, he needs to listen to other voices in the room. What's led to this is Lovey Smith's firing Brooks. How close do you think Nick Casario was to being fired? I don't think he was very close. Mm-hmm. I think that was a bit overblown. Whenever you saw some of the reports nationally, especially um, Nick Casario was brought here mostly because of his skill set as a personnel evaluator. Cal McNair hasn't lost um, confidence in that. I mean, trading for Deshaun, uh, trading Deshaun Watson and getting three first-round picks, you look at the drafts, the and he hasn't been able to use all of that yet. So if you brought in someone with personnel experience and you, you believe that he's good at that, it doesn't make much sense to fire the person before that really gets going. You know, this is going to be the Boy. first time where we see free agency spending at the level of most successful franchises do and then with the draft picks that they have available um, you're going to see that through but all of that can be undone by how bad the head coaching hires have been and a lot of that also influences how you pick sometimes it's like lovey smith last year whenever um, they were presented as in lockstep going into the draft how they were going into free agency you look at some of the edge rushers they got the four-man front supplying all that Lovey Smith was talking about how cornerback was the biggest need. They draft a cornerback number three overall. It's not just the general manager that all the voices together influence how you eventually take that pick. So 
Casario's work can be undone by how he does in the head coaching hire. So to hear him uh, uh, change his tone on that was definitely notable. Boy, that's that's just that's the whole thing is just scary to me, man. Zippy, like like the man. the whole the the, the th- like I mean you like he's not only, like we 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 say boy you gotta get this one right, but in reality like he he's got to go. I don't care if it's offensive or defensive. I personally do, but just for the sake of this conversation, I don't. Like, you've got to go out there and you've got to hire a, a leader of men, an alpha among alphas, and the guy making that decision didn't take the help that he that reportedly didn't take the help that was at his fingertips last year, was being puppeted by Jack Easterby That's of all people. Uh, that's the help. Like, that guy is tasked with not only finding, like, the alpha, but making sure that that alpha head coach understands, hey, man, on the offensive side of the football, we've got to put a play caller uh, in position and a quarterback coach in position and draft the right quarterback and make sure all of those stars are aligned. And then, oh, by the way, whatever defensive mind is in the building, it, it would help if Derek Stingley, you played a Derek Stingley's strengths, like, You've got to, you're like you, a guy is tasked with getting a whole lot of things right in one hire in one year that has completely struck out over the last two years. Damn, that's scary, man. Mm. Well, the other thing apart that I mean, one, I mean, whenever you were talking about reportedly, now he, he said that and like he he was talking about how um, he wasn't listening to other voices in the room and like I can from what I the people I've talked to in the building. From all of that, yeah, from last year, I remember being at the Senior Bowl in Mobile and wondering what the coaching search was going toward, and then Josh McCown was the name, and then all of a sudden, I remember talking to a bunch of people there, you know how coaches, everybody, everybody's there, and everybody's, one, super surprised, there were a lot of expletives, <laughs> and just an instinctive reaction, but number two, a lot of people said, okay, that can make sense eventually. There are people that thought eventually McCown could be a good coach. And there were a lot of people that thought that Jonathan Gannon was going to eventually get the job. And now he's up again. He's part of the candidacy, and they requested an interview for him. That'll be interesting to see where he's at. But there is a more legitimate process already just in the names. And you brought Agreed. this up last week. Um, why not Why not interview people? Why not go and say, yeah. if D'Amico Ryans doesn't want to come, you should still send it in? Because everyone else – that's a candidate, coach, even passing game coordinators that might be there the next time or whatever are looking at, like, what are they doing? Yep. Heinz Ward? Really? Like, all there's a legitimacy that um, is different in this process well, already. You look at the yeah. names. Well, they, they, to, me, it's, it. to me, it's recognizing who you are. You're, you're not in a spot to be doing favors for Josh McCown and Heinz Ward, and anybody mm-hmm. for that matter. You're, you're in the business of interviewing the best candidates and keeping the organization's name out of the negative light that it's already just buried under in, in the national media. Uh, that's that's uh, our Texans insider, Brooks Cabina. Brooks, appreciate you uh, joining us, man. Our time always flies when you're in the building. We've been talking about this process. Brooks just just mentioned the process being more legitimate. Um, well, there's five candidates out there that the Texans have been linked to as of today. Uh, impressive list, but I've got one thing that sticks out about the list that I'm a tad bit concerned about. We'll discuss that next. 